Well, thank you once again for your kindness to us and your welcome to us, not only to me, but to my family as well. It has been a real pleasure to be with you today and to minister God's word to you. Uh, as some of you know, as a family, we plan to be here for another couple of weeks. So we'll be worshipping with you in the pews um, next Lord's Day, God willing. Uh, but let us continue in our worship now as we turn in God's word once again to Matthew's gospel in chapter 26. Matthew's gospel in chapter 26. We looked at this passage yesterday evening. We looked at it again this morning and we're going to look at it again this evening. If you're using a Bible provided by the church this evening, you'll find our reading on page 877. Page 877 in the church Bible for Matthew's gospel and chapter 26. Now in chapter 25, the Lord Jesus Christ has been speaking of how the Son of Man will judge the nations. And then as we begin to approach the crucifixion, we read this in chapter 26 and we'll read down to verse 16. Now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, that he said to his disciples, you know that after two days is the Passover, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill him. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. And when Jesus was in Bethany, at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble this woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. So from that time, he sought an opportunity to betray him. Well, please leave your Bibles open at those verses that we have just read together in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26. And over the course of this, your church's uh, anniversary weekend, we've been looking at some of these verses in Matthew chapter 26. 
On Saturday evening, we looked at the opening five verses in which we see wicked men plotting to have Jesus killed, but we saw that it was also all part of God's wonderful plan of salvation. This morning, we looked at the anointing of Jesus at Bethany and saw that in giving our best to Jesus, yes, it may well be costly and provocative, but it's also beautiful and eternal. And this evening, as we continue then to look at Matthew chapter 26, we come to verses 14 through to 16, which record Judas betraying Jesus. And that is what we're going to look at this evening, Matthew chapter 26, verses 14 to 16. And the title for this evening's sermon is, Watch Out, Lest You Become Like Judas. Watch Out lest you become like Judas. Now, the name Judas has become a a byword for betrayal. To call someone a Judas is to call them a traitor, a backstabber, a double-crosser. To refer to someone who seems to be a friend but then turns out to be an enemy is to call them Judas. To give someone a Judas kiss is to perform a traitorous action disguised as a show of affection. And no one, to my knowledge, ever welcomes into the world a a bouncing baby boy and says, what shall we call him? Let's call him Judas. Such is the reputation of this man who betrayed Jesus. And Matthew wants us to see the wicked actions of Judas. He wants us to know what Judas did. And he wants us to know in contrast with what the woman at Bethany did. In the preceding verses that we looked at this morning, we have the very generous and sacrificial actions of the woman who poured out a very precious, very expensive oil to anoint Jesus. We saw that the woman gave her very best to Jesus. And we asked ourselves the searching question, am I really giving my very best to Jesus? But now, by way of contrast, we're looking at the treacherous, disloyal, deceitful actions of Judas. And I want to say to all of you gathered here in church tonight, and anyone who may be watching the live stream or listening to the recording at a later time. Watch out. Watch out lest you become like Judas. And with that in mind, I want to look at these verses, verses 14 to 16 of Matthew 26, under three very simple headings. Number one, don't leave the Savior's side. Do not leave the Savior's side. Number two, don't bargain your life away. Do not bargain your life away. And number three, don't betray the Son of God. Don't betray the Son of God. Don't leave the Savior's side. Don't bargain your life away. Do not betray the Son of God. First of all, then, as we look at these verses, 
It shows us that we must not leave the Savior's side. Just look at verse 14. Just read verse 14 with me. And in verse 14, Matthew tells us, Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went. He went. He went to the chief priests. He went away. He left the group. He left the Savior. Now, he left physically, but more than that, he left the Savior spiritually. And truth be told, he never really belonged to the Savior. But Matthew wants to remind us that Jesus was one of the twelve. In other words, outwardly, Judas was numbered amongst those who were the closest disciples of Jesus. Oh, think of all that Judas would have witnessed. He would have witnessed all that Jesus taught, all that Jesus had done. He would have heard the public sermons that Jesus preached, heard all the private teaching that Jesus had given. Judas had seen all the miracles, all the healings of the sick, the miraculous deliverances, all the times that Jesus raised people from the dead. He had seen the lame walk, the deaf hear, the blind see, the mute speak. Judas had seen and heard Jesus forgive people all their sins. And Judas had seen countless lives transformed. And yet we're told, Judas, one of the twelve, went away. He left the Savior's side. Judas turned his back on the Lord. He sold Jesus down the river, stabbed him in the back, threw him under a bus. How could this, this man, this man who was one of the twelve, this man who had seen so much, heard so much, witnessed so much, how could he leave the Savior's side? And the answer has to be, he never truly belonged to the Savior in the first place. Outwardly, he had all the hallmarks of a true disciple. He followed Jesus wherever Jesus went. He sat at the feet of Jesus whenever Jesus taught. He listened to all that Jesus said when Jesus spoke. He went out and proclaimed the kingdom of God when Jesus sent out the disciples Two by two, he did all those things, yet he still left the Savior's side. And so I have to ask you tonight, all you who are gathered here, are you walking daily by the Savior's side? There is no safer place to be than to be by his side every day. Have you truly been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you resting each moment in the crucified Savior? Don't be tempted to leave the Savior's side. There's only danger in that direction. Stick close to your Savior. Cling to him every single day. Because it is quite possible, is it not, to be a fake 
Christian. It's quite possible to attend church every Sunday, to dutifully read your Bible, to perform all manner of good works, to say your prayers, and to be outwardly very respectable. You can do all those things. But if you are not walking daily by the Savior's side, if you don't truly belong to him, those things ultimately are for nothing. If you have not truly been washed in the Savior's blood, it's all for nothing. I'm asking you whether your faith is real tonight. I'm asking you whether you, your faith is real in your heart and real in your soul. Is it real deep down in your bones? Do you genuinely belong to him, trust him deep, deep down? Or is it all just a a shallow pretense that you put on for other people? Is it all fake? Is it all phony? Are you nothing but a fraud? Oh, watch out. Watch out that you do not become like Judas. Do not leave the Savior's side. Because if you do, if you leave the Savior's side, you will go running straight into the arms of the enemy. Look again at verse 14. Just read verse 14 with me. And in verse 14, we're told, Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest. To the chief priests. It's not only that Judas left the Lord, but he went to the chief priests. And we've already been told earlier in the chapter that the religious leaders had gathered together plotting to kill Jesus. Just glance back at verse 3 and verse 4. And in verse 3 and 4, we're told that then the chief priests, the scribes, the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill him. And yet now, here in verse 14, Judas is running into the arms of those very same people. Having left the Savior's side, he's jumping into bed with the enemies of Christ. He's joining with those who want to destroy Christ, who want to get rid of Christ, who want to remove Christ from the scene altogether. He's uniting himself with those who hate the teaching of Jesus they hate the message of Jesus. They hate the gospel of Jesus. And my friends, I tell you, it is so often the case. When a fake believer leaves the Savior's side, they go running straight into the arms of the enemy. They unite themselves with those who hate the gospel of Christ. I don't know whether any of you have heard of the exvangelical movement. The exvangelical. It's a social movement for people who've abandoned evangelical churches and moved straight into atheism or agnosticism or progressive Christianity or false religion. And the exvangelical movement claims to create a, a safe space for people to find solidarity with others who have left evangelical churches. But really, it's just a forum 
where they can all get together and mock and sneer and ridicule the true gospel of Christ. Do you see? When you leave the Savior's side, very often you go running straight into the arms of those who hate the gospel. It happened to Judas. And if it could happen to Judas, who saw all that he saw and heard all that he heard, witnessed all that he witnessed, if it could happen to Judas, make sure you stay by the Savior's side. Do not leave the Savior's side. Here's the second thing. The first thing is don't leave the Savior's side. Here's the second thing. Don't bargain your life away. Do not bargain your life away. Look at verse 15. Just read verse 15 with me. And in verse 15, we're told, And Judas said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces of silver. The contrast with the woman at Bethany could not be more stark. She gave to Jesus the most valuable thing in her possession. She did so acknowledging that Jesus was her Messiah. And in doing so, either consciously or unconsciously, she was preparing the body of Jesus for his death and burial in the tomb. But Judas, on the other hand, is willing to betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. That is perhaps the value of a a month's wages for the ordinary working man. About 1,500 pounds in today's money. That is not an insignificant amount but it is hardly worth comparing to the unsearchable riches that are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Judas was willing to lose his eternal soul for just 30 pieces of silver. Judas bargained his life away. I wonder whether you remember what Jesus said earlier in the Gospel of Matthew, shortly after Peter had declared on behalf of all the disciples that they believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said these words. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And yet this is what Judas has done. And not even for the whole world, but just for 30 pieces of silver, a month's wages for the ordinary working man. What a waste. 
What recklessness. Judas could have had all his sins forgiven. He could have had peace with God forever. He could have been adopted into the family of God. He could have had eternal life in the arms of his Savior. But he squandered it all for 30 pieces of silver. The reality is the world is full of people doing the very same thing right now. Even here in church this evening, I wonder whether any of you are doing that very same thing right now. I wonder whether those of you who are listening to the recording or watching the live stream are doing the very same thing right now. Just bargaining your life away. Rejecting Jesus. Betraying Jesus. You've heard the gospel. You've seen lives transformed. But you don't want it. You want the temporary passing pleasures of this world instead. You want the 30 pieces of silver. Millions of people today are sat at home on their sofas watching the TV. Instead of coming out to hear the proclamation of God's word. They'd rather have a few hours of materialistic pleasure than find eternal peace with God. But sadly, that is not just the attitude of secular-minded people. It is also, alarmingly, increasingly, the attitude of Bible-believing, professing Christians. That they simply want to do what the world does. They want to chase after their own pleasures. They want a life of comfort and ease. They're not really interested in serving Christ or worshipping Christ or following Christ or loving Christ or obeying Christ. Now the question that Judas asks in verse 15 is, what are you willing to give me? And it's the same question that many modern day professing Christians ask. They ask, look, what's in it for me? What do I get out of this? And it's no wonder then that so much modern day Christianity is just a a superficial attempt to tickle the ears of their hearers. And it's no wonder that so many churches have turned to entertainment and gimmicks to offer people a religious feel-good factor so that they can get some sort of artificial spiritual buzz instead of coming and hearing the word of God preached and proclaimed because people say, well, what's in it for me? What do I get out of it? That's not the way of the New Testament. The woman at Bethany who anointed Jesus with oil, she didn't say what's in it for me. She just simply gave the most precious thing she had to Jesus. And she did so even though it cost her a great deal. But Judas, Judas bargained his life away. He forfeited his soul for 30 pieces of silver. So cheap. So cheap. Oh, don't bargain your life away. Don't bargain your soul away. Don't forfeit your soul for the fading treasures of this world. 
I wonder, is there anyone here in church tonight that needs to hear this message? Because you're tempted. You see the dazzling sights, you hear the wonderful sounds of the world, and you're tempted. You're tempted to leave the Savior's side. Tempted to go and walk away. Wonder whether there's any of you that have been asking yourself over the last few weeks and months, thinking to yourself, what do I get out of this? What do I get out of worshiping God? What's in it for me? Don't bargain your life away. Don't sell your eternal soul. Is there anything that this world could offer you that would cause you to give away your soul? Even if you were to gain the whole world, even then you'd be selling your soul cheap. Today, tonight, right now, Jesus offers you the forgiveness of all your sins that you've ever committed. He's offering you eternal life in heaven, bliss and joy for all eternity. Is there anything that this world could offer you that would rival that? Don't bargain your life away. Well, this evening we're thinking about Jesus being betrayed by Judas. And I'm saying, watch out, lest you become like Judas. Firstly, do not leave the Savior's side. Secondly, do not bargain your life away. Now, thirdly, and finally for this evening, don't betray the Son of God. Do not betray the Son of God. Just look at verse 16. Just read verse 16 with me. And in verse 16, we're told, so from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. Judas has left the Lord's side. He has bargained his life away. And now he is seeking for any opportunity to betray the Son of God. Judas is now looking for any opening, any chance, any moment that he can hand him over and betray him. Judas wants to deliver Jesus up to destruction. Judas has decided, I want to get rid of Jesus. I want Jesus gone. Judas does not want Jesus in his life anymore. And in truth, Judas never loved Jesus. He never truly belonged to Jesus. And now he is looking, he is searching, he is seeking, he is hunting for any opportunity to get rid of him. And that's what happens with people who leave the side of the Savior and bargain their souls away. Once they have sold their soul in exchange for the pleasures of this world, from that very moment, they are looking for every opportunity to, to shut the door on Jesus and get rid of him forever. Have you ever met people like that? People who were once exposed to the light of the gospel, who once professed to belong to the people of God, once claimed to be followers of Jesus. But they drifted. You could almost see them drifting. And they drifted away. And they sold their soul to the world. 
And afterwards, when you try and speak to them again about Jesus, they just take every opportunity to shut that conversation down because they don't want to hear it. Do not talk to me about Jesus. They just want rid of Jesus altogether. Have you ever met people like that? People who once claimed to love Jesus? That's so different from a genuine believer, isn't it? You know, I know that there is no perfect, genuine believer, that we all stumble and fall into sin, and we may even have times of backsliding. But a true child of God looks for every opportunity to speak about Jesus. They look for any opportunity to listen to the words of Jesus. They look for every opportunity to praise the name of Jesus. But for Judas, and for people like Judas, they just look for every opportunity to get rid of him. Is there anyone in church tonight who's just desperate to get rid of Jesus? Desperate for this service to be over so that we can stop thinking about Jesus. Maybe you know in your heart of hearts that despite all the years of coming to church and reading your Bible that it's all been fake and secretly you can't wait for the first opportunity to sell Jesus down the river. Maybe you've been dragged to church every Sunday by your parents and you're just looking for that moment where you gain your own independence and you can get rid of Jesus. Are you like Judas? Or are you like the woman at Bethany who loved Jesus and poured out that expensive ointment on the head of Jesus because he was her Messiah? Are you someone who's willing to give the best of yourself to Jesus regardless of the cost? Are you someone who is willing to identify with Jesus as your Messiah? Someone who wants to share in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Well, if that is true of you, then despite your faults and your failings and your sins, you are a true child of God. You know, I said that the title for the sermon was Watch Out Lest You Become Like Judas. But let me encourage you, particularly those of you with very sensitive consciences, who always hear a sermon like this and think, oh, he's speaking about me. In reality, if you are a true child of God, you can never become like Judas. I've said to you, do not leave the Savior's side because that's what Judas did. He, he left. He left the Savior's side. He went to the chief priests. But if you are a true child of God, you will never leave the Savior's side. Oh, yes, you may wander and stray from time to time. But he will always find you. And he will come and bring you back to himself. Because in the end, if you are truly trusting in him, then you have been placed in the almighty hand of the Father and no one shall take you from his hand. You know, it's not so much that you will never leave the Savior's side. It is more that the Savior will never leave your side if you're truly trusting in him. 
The Bible says not a single soul will be lost who the Savior has chosen, who the Savior has redeemed. He will never leave your side. And I've said to you, don't bargain your life away because that's what Judas did. But in reality, if you belong to Christ, you can't bargain your life away because your life is no longer your own. It doesn't belong to you anymore. Your life, your soul has been bought at a great price and it belongs to Christ. He'll never sell it. And if you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, then your soul is absolutely secure. And I've said, don't betray the Son of God because that's what Judas did. But if you truly belong to him, you'll never look for opportunities to betray him. I know, I know that there will be times when you let him down because there are times when I let him down. There are times when we all let him down. But there'll never be a moment when we betray him. Not like Judas. On the contrary, we will be faithful and loyal and devoted to him all our days. And not because what we have done, but because of what he has done, because of what he has achieved, and because of who he is. So then, as we bring things to a close this evening, there really is only one way to avoid becoming like Judas, and that is to trust yourself completely to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, he will keep me. And so that we can say this, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. O oh Lord God and our loving Heavenly Father, O oh Lord, as we read of the treachery of Judas well, we wonder how could he do what he did given all that he saw and all that he heard, all that he witnessed. Oh, but we know our own hearts. We know how much this world tempts us. And Lord, if it were down to our own strength, if it were down to ourselves, we would walk away. We would sell our souls. We would betray the Savior, which is why we rejoice that it is not down to us. We rejoice that those who are saved are saved forever. That those of us who are in the almighty hand of our Father will, will never be taken away. But Heavenly Father, we know we still have a responsibility to walk every day by the Savior's side, to trust him every moment. And so we confess our sin and we ask that you'll forgive us and that you will keep us close to our Savior, that we might walk in his steps, that we might follow his voice. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you will, that you will keep us, and that by keeping us, that you will be glorified, that you will be magnified, that your name will be praised. And we ask it all through his precious name. Amen.